This episode of Tales from the Backlog, like every episode, is brought to you by the wonderful folks who have gone to patreon.com slash realdavejackson to kick me a few bucks and help support the show. These personal heroes of mine are Chris Nelson, the Top 3 Podcast Crew, Zill Geek, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Nick Ficori, Jill, Soccer, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, aka Stormageddon, JD, Doug Leaf, Jason Emery, Rob Shack, Brian Skersha, Randall, and many more. These fine folks are receiving some treats in exchange for their generous donations, such as being able to vote on episode topics for the show, bonus episodes, and much more. Supporting at the $5 level also gets my bonus retro gaming show called Tales from the Way Backlog, and this month's episode is Castlevania II Simon's Quest. So if that sounds interesting to you, once again, that address is patreon.com slash realdavejackson. Any and all support is always appreciated. And with that being said, let's smash. Hello, everybody. My name is Dave Jackson, and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where each week I'm normally joined by a guest to bring a game out of the backlog, play it, and discuss. Today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about Super Smash Brothers today, but not the game itself, really. But first, let me introduce the guest for today. So first up, uh, one of my most common Super Smash Brothers opponents and teammates through the years, Jim Rodeman. Welcome back to the show, Jim. What's up, dude? Glad to have you back. Uh, longtime listeners may recognize Jim's voice from several episodes, uh, among them Hades, Hollow Knight, and the Elden Ring Bosses tier list episode. So glad to have Jim back. We're also joined today by one of the hosts of Big Drink Energy and the Fighting Game Podcast, Owen Two Heroes, and uh, many more podcasting ideas. Mikey Tabletop, welcome back, Mikey. Uh, thank you for having me. Very excited to talk Smash Bros. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> of course, there's a reason I invited you on for this episode, man. Um, and uh, longtime listeners may recognize Mikey from the Shovel Knight episode. And our final guest today is one of the co-hosts of Switch It Up, Colby Moyer. Colby, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, man. Um, listeners of the show will recognize Colby from the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 episode. So everyone returning to the show. So before we get started with today's topic, I do want to give Mikey and Colby, sorry, Jim, uh, the chance to uh, talk about their shows at the top of the episode. So um, Colby, I'll kick to you first. You've been on the show before. We talked about Switch It Up. Um, Switch It Up is on a when you feel like making an episode basis now, but explain the show for everybody because uh, your podcast is relevant to Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, uh, Switched Ups and All Things Nintendo Podcast, hosted by one college graduate and one 2B college graduate at the time of this recording, old Tyler. <laughs> Couldn't get done in time. But <laughs> yeah, two lifelong best friends talking about Nintendo games that they love almost too much based on the length of the episodes these days. But uh -huh. yeah, like you said, um, uh, life life's caught up to both of us. We're both young adults, so we have stuff going on. By the time this comes out, I'll I'll start my first teaching job. Tyler will be back during for school for his to finish off his semester. So, you know, we get it out when we can. But one thing that stays the same is whenever we get the chance to do it, we have a blast doing it. We talk about the things we like, and 
you know, just help to make people smile or laugh or both when they listen to our episodes. So that's switched it up these days and that's probably going to be it going forward. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, you hit it on the head whenever you guys do decide to make an episode. Um, it's just, you know, talking about the games that you love and hours and hours and hours of Tears of the Kingdom content, maybe in one episode, maybe two, but lots of uh, of stuff going on whenever you two get together to um, to record. So uh, like we said before, if you're into Nintendo stuff, you can check out Switch It Up. It's always good stuff. And Mikey, Got Big Drink Energy. We've got Owen Two Heroes all under the Big Drink Energy uh, feed there, right? So what's going on there? Okay, so similar to Switch It Up, the, the first podcast I had, Big Drink Energy, we switched to a release whatever we want uh, type of vibe. That was uh-huh. a podcast I started with a coworker of mine back when we were working together. Uh, believe it or not, our entire friendship started because second day of work when he showed up, we both found out uh, that both of us used to run Super Smash Brothers melee tournaments in separate states, and then we came here and we just happened to be working <laughs> together. We're like, what are the odds? And we worked at a truck driving company at the time, so whenever the drivers came in from the road, we would compare and talk about all the weird energy drinks we found, like in the middle of nowhere, like down south. And my my co-host Alex pitches it like hot ones, but with energy drinks. Uh, but like Colby, we have different schedules, and that's kind of just like release when we want. But I still like podcasting. So I'm trying to be more active on Owen Two Heroes, a fighting game podcast where we take a fighting game we have zero experience in, we have two weeks to practice as much or as little as we want. Me and my guest, we actually play the game. We fight to see who wins, and then we discuss and review the, the game after that. Hell yeah. Awesome. Um, and, you know, super relevant. I, I don't think Super Smash Brothers is going to fit that, like, game we've never played qualifier there, unless you want it to. Okay, so it could. So the thing is, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. This is going to be an exclusive. Okay. Me and my co-host, Alex, decided, screw it. doesn't matter if there's zero experience. Both have 20 years experience, so we're still on even footing. Uh, sure. We, we got about halfway through the recording of the episode, and then we had, ran into tech issues, so we had to stop. And I'm hoping by the time this episode comes out, I will have recorded the second half and resolved the tech issues. So maybe there's a Smash episode. Who knows? If not, okay. it'll come out at some point. He has two months <laughs> to record half a podcast. Can he do yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Awesome. Um, what are some other fighting games that have appeared on Owen 2 Heroes? Um, the most recent one at the time of recording is Nick All-Stars Brawl that I did with former guest of the show, uh, Rick of Pixel Project Radio. Right. Um, I'm recording one next week. So by the time this comes out, it'll already be out on the new Street Fighter 6 because that just came okay. out this, this month. That's like the new hot thing. Uh, so, so we're playing that. And then it's mostly whatever oddball game from my guest's childhood that they pitch mostly like here's an obscure ps1 game where me and one other person the only people to have played this you want to play it on an <laughs> emulator i'm like sure so just like it, it's a lot of just games from people's childhoods but it's fun to like learn about these games i've never heard of before and play them yeah absolutely so um and nick all-star brawls is one of the um the smash brothers clones that's out there yeah. and uh, it, i think i've heard you say it's one of the better ones better than multiverses at least yeah. very much so uh Multiverses isn't that great. Uh, case in point, they had to pull it from servers because it was losing so much money as a free-to-play game. So you can't yeah. even play it right now if you wanted to. Nick, <laughs> still out there. Exactly. So um, 
We'll just give the recommendation at the top of the show, as always, to check out Switch It Up and check out the Big Drink Energy podcast feed. And by the time this episode comes out, maybe there'll be a new episode in one of those feeds. (laughs) We'll have a little contest between the two of you. Who's going to get one out? (laughs) All right. Today, we're going to talk about Super Smash Brothers, the series more so than a particular game. And specifically, what we're going to talk about today is what I think is an underrated aspect of the Super Smash Brothers series. So as I go through personal histories with lots of video games on this podcast, by the time this episode comes out, we'll be around like episode 85 or something like that. Or just talking about games in conversation, I find myself saying something like this often. I had no idea who this character was or what this game was until I played as them in Super Smash Brothers. And I wanted to talk about our experiences with this, being introduced to characters, games, and game series when they appear in Smash Brothers, because I don't think I'm alone in going on to love some of these games and series. So, little brief uh, introduction. We're going to run through all five of the Super Smash Brothers games uh, quickly. We're not going to talk about them individually, but we are going to mention, you know, which character came up in which game. So, we have the original Super Smash Brothers, released for the N64 in 1999. That one had 12 characters, only 12, and nine stages. Three characters didn't even get their own stage. We had Super Smash Bros. Melee, released for the GameCube in 2001, which had 25 or 26 characters, depending on if you think uh, Sheik and Zelda are separate characters. 29 stages, plus more characters introduced in trophies. We'll talk about that later. Super Smash Bros. Brawl, released for the Wii in 2008, with 39 playable characters and 41 stages, plus a new thing to introduce characters called Assist Trophies. Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U and 3DS, released for, you guessed it, the Wii U and the 3DS in 2014, featuring 58 characters, including DLC, and up to 55 stages, depending on what platform you played on. And last but not least, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, released in 2018 for the Switch with 86 characters, including DLC, 115 stages. So, with all of that being said, I want to talk about our personal histories with Super Smash Bros. and a few quick words on why we are such fans of the series. So, Colby, I'll kick it to you first. What was the first Smash Bros. game you played, and why do you love it? I got into the series personally with Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Uh, details about how often I played are scarce at this point because I was, <laughs> you said 2008, I was seven when it came out. So I don't really remember how much I put into it, but uh-huh. I do remember losing hours upon hours in the Subspace Emissary. Just the idea of all these iconic characters in this, in this world and the story interacting with each other was a, a seven year old Colby pipe dream mm-hmm. and still is because there really isn't anything like it even today after all these years later. Yeah. Uh, I, the latest I played it, God, Brawl, probably five years ago, I did a, I did a 100% run of the Emissary just to re-familiarize myself with it. Had a blast, loved it. Never owned a Wii U or a 3DS, so I'm just going to call it Smash 4 for simplicity's sake. I never got into Smash 4, although maybe you guys can attest to this. I feel like that's when it became more of like a, more of like an event than an actual party game. Like the idea of a character getting into Smash was like, way more important than the game itself mm. it kind of popped then because then ultimate it took off to a whole nother level yeah the dlc packs and 
Speaking of Ultimate, when it was announced for the Switch, I remember where I was. My co-host and I were on vacation in the Outer Banks. Showed the um, Splatoon, Inklings fighting one another, Smash Brawl, I came up. And we were also together when the Everyone's Here trailer came out, which was insane at the time. Uh, pre-ordered it that day. Got up at 5 a.m. Friday morning right before high school to play for the first time. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. And to me, just personally, I don't really play a lot of online games. I play a lot of single player stuff. So it's just mindless fun when you turn my brain off and just have a good time. Mm-hmm. I'll fire up Smash Brothers. It's always a good listen to some cool music, play some cool characters, all that fun stuff. My competitive experience is hosting high school tournaments for Tech Club with my co-host. So uh, individual and team events, which were a lot of fun. But that's about as far as my competitive outreach goes. So that's my history with it. I, I really enjoy the series. It's, again, it was a complete another event when those Smash Directs came on. Everyone was there watching, it felt like. So it was cool to be a part of that for the final game. Hell yeah. And Mikey, what is your history with Smash Brothers and why do you still continue to play Smash Melee to this day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, like you mentioned, uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee was the first Smash game I played. Um, it might also, it's one of my earliest game memories. I remember growing up, I didn't have game consoles. I would only play them at like friend's house or like cousin's house. I remember being in my cousin's basement one time and when smash came out in 01 sorry when melee came out in 01 and we're playing it and i vaguely knew these characters because i never played them i was like oh cool i know link because my dad loves zelda the legend of zelda is my dad's favorite game series i'm like cool Mm. i know link i know mario because he's mario but 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 that was pretty much it uh from there i've followed all of the smash games uh coming out and i want to say i've I got most of them around like day of or midnight release uh, for them, like like when available. And hey, I didn't know this about Colby that he's a he was a tournament organizer. That's that's the backbone of the competitive of the competitive <laughs> community. We're nothing without our tos. Um, I a tournament organizer, to for short. Um, I've toed for maybe eight years now getting getting close to a decade I, i've been part of the competitive scene for even longer than that um i love it it's a lot of fun i do competitive for melee and ultimate just because they're the most active ones but i think it's great getting together with friends to play also i can like travel anywhere and like make friends instantly by going to these tournaments i went to california one time uh for a week-long trip and when I was in San Francisco, I packed my controller, I took an Uber, I left the family for like three hours, ran to an arcade, entered a Smash tournament, hung out with people in California because we had that as an interest, and then nice. went back to the family later on because it's like a universal thing. It's just great to meet people who are passionate about what you're passionate about. Uh-huh. Hell yeah, awesome. And um, Jim, what was the first Smash game you played, and uh, why do you love it? Yeah, so uh, I got into it from the beginning. Uh, I was a subscriber to Nintendo Power Magazine, so I knew it was coming out. And then that original commercial hit mm-hmm. with like all the characters running through the field and that Turtles song was playing, so happy together. And it was yeah. like, <laughs> what is this mayhem? Uh, interestingly enough, even though I had an N64, I never actually owned Smash 64. All of my friends did. So I don't know what sort of wheeling and dealing I was doing then, but uh, loved it from the get-go. The original eight characters unlocking four. Uh, I got a GameCube in Melee on release day. 
because uh, that was one of the original games released with it, along with Luigi's Mansion. And each subsequent game I have owned, except for Wii U, because I did not have a Smash Wii U uh, or a Wii U to play Smash on at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, couch co-op with friends, uh, couch co-op with family. Uh, it's it's been a love affair from day one, and uh, it's to this day it's the only game series where I have attempted to achieve uh, what you could consider 100%ing everything, all the trophies, all the stickers, all the nonsense. Uh, Jeez, even, love in this series. even in Ultimate. Even in Ultimate. It's Christ. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> even tell you. I, I broke my original Melee game because I played it so much, and I had to go buy another <laughs> one. So uh, I've been in it to win it since day one. I'm not very good at the game anymore, but I still love it. I'm always down to play. Yeah. Um, so similar to you, Jim, my first game uh, in the series was Smash 64, and we did actually have it. So I remember playing that a bunch. And then the game that I played the most was Melee. Um, and I specifically remember playing 99 stock matches versus the computer with my brother, uh, me and him on a team versus a team of uh, computers. 99 stock shit took like four and a half hours, but we did it all the time. Um, yeah, had that kind of time back then. Then Brawl, of course, uh, which was Jim and I's game of choice when we were um, hanging out in college. Uh, We would play this all the time. This was like, if we're not going out somewhere on like a Friday or Saturday night, we're just chilling at one of our houses playing Smash Brothers or Rock Band or something like that. But (laughs) so much Brawl, so much Brawl. And then I did have a Wii U. I'm one of the dozen people that bought one. So I did buy Smash Wii U the day it came out. Um, I played the shit out of that. Although by that time, my local co-op playing was like way reduced. So I didn't play as much of it. And then Ultimate, I was living overseas when that came out. So no couch co-op. Um, so I played that. I bought a couple of the DLC packs. Like I, I love all of these games, but I, I just like play them less and less because I have less people to play with. And I don't want to play with, especially when I was living in Asia, all the Japanese people would just kick the shit out of me when I was playing online. So it wasn't as fun as uh, playing local with friends when you're you're drinking four locos and shit. But uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so uh, so many good memories playing these games. And this is um, people who know my like gaming taste know that I, I really hate fighting games. Uh, the Mortal Kombat's and Street Fighters, I can't stand them. Um, This is the only fighting game series that I ever really loved. Uh, And I think it's because you could not be very good at Smash and still have a good time. Uh, One of the things I love about Smash is once you learn that the A button does Smash attacks, the B button does special attacks, you tilt a direction on the stick to do different attacks, you can play as anyone once you learn that. You don't have to memorize combos. Um, Smash, at least when I played People never got quite as sweaty as like when you played Mortal Kombat against your friends back in the day. So, yeah, I I just I mean, I I don't have enough kind words to say about the series. And one of the coolest things about the series is how many cool games and characters it introduced me to. So we'll take a little music break. And then when we come back, we're going to dive into that conversation.
So I want to get started with our um, talk about the characters in Super Smash Brothers, the games, the series that we went on to love. But start with a very simple question just to introduce uh, yourself as a Smash player, I guess, a little bit. Who is your main? Jim, who would you consider to be your main in Smash? Uh, it is alternated with each game, probably. But I mm -hmm. would tell you, uh, Fox in the original one, Falco in Melee, and then we probably most consistently have switched between Ike and Link over the past three games. Okay. So that's where I am. Okay, right on. And Mikey? Okay. Uh, starting from 64 and working my way down, it is sure. Kirby in 64, Marth in Melee, Meta Knight in Brawl, Cloud oh in Smash 4, and then Rob in Ultimate. And Colby? In the two games I've played, I ran Marth in Brawl, and in Ultimate, I'm on Anime Kick. I run between Cloud, Sephiroth, Pyramithra, but I did win my high school tournament with Toon Link, so shout out to Ryan and the Wind Waker. Sick. You won a tournament? Yeah, against high school kids, man. It wasn't that. It wasn't <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I, I, you I were also in high school, right? Yeah, I was, I was a senior. Yeah, I was a senior. Yeah, so you beat your contemporaries. Yeah, I have been yeah. playing this game competitively for ten years. I've never done better than like. Oh no. Okay, I've never won. I'll say that I've never won. I've never even made it to like top two, top three before. And you won the one tournament you've entered. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Then my then the second the team tourney, my brother and I teamed up. My brother, he know he doesn't even play video games, but I thought it'd be fun to have him as my partner. Yeah, we ran. Um, we ran Lucina and Krom. We ran the daughter da daughter father duo, and we took like uh -huh. third. So that was fun. Hell yeah! Um, I am a lot more simple than the three of you. I have mained Pikachu for the entire series ever since the <laughs> N sixty four version. I feel like he's always good. Yeah, Pikachu was like really fucking good in the N sixty four game, and he's been some variation of good to great ever since then. But I know Pikachu so well, and. The trick, though, is, and Mikey can attest to this, because Mikey organized a Smash tournament between a bunch of podcasters. Even in that <laughs> tournament, I just played random. I don't really give a shit who I play as in Smash, um, because I, I don't play Smash Brothers for money or something. If I was, I would play as Pikachu, but I just play as random. Uh, when I play with friends, when I play online, when I play against the computer, I just put it on that random button. Uh, because like I said earlier, once you know how to control a Smash Brothers character, you can play as any of them. The The rules don't really change uh, very much. Sometimes there's variations, but not that many. So um, I am glad that we have uh, the three of you because we have a lot of different uh, experience levels with like the series, the number of characters. Like, So Colby, you joined in like halfway through the series when... There's a bunch of games that had come out before you started playing, right? So you had this like wide array of characters to get introduced to. Um, when me and Jim started playing, it was just 12. And we knew some of them, I'm sure, at the time, but some of them we didn't. And then, um, yeah, Mikey, you, turned in, you tuned in from Melee, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the series is getting a little bit bigger. So I want to just um, start and just talk about some characters and games that we went on to love because the characters were in Super Smash Brothers. So um, I'll get us started with one, and I think it's going to be one of the more common ones, and that is Fire Emblem. Yeah, likewise, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Fire Emblem, um, 
as far as I know, Fire Emblem was, you know, well, I do know this. It was only in Japan when the characters appeared in Smash Melee for the first time, Roy and Marth. Um, Fire Emblem was still not released in the U.S. So all of us in the U.S. were like, who the fuck are these guys? And it helps that Marth and Roy were really good in Melee. Um, they had that that sick counter move. Roy had that, you know, the charge B attack was basically a one-hit kill if you hit someone with it. So they were super fun to play. And I, I mean... Maybe one of you can correct me if I'm wrong, but their popularity in Smash was a contributing factor to them actually being released in the U.S., right? Yeah, uh, I don't want to say 100%, but it was just like, I'd go like 80%. Uh, people didn't know who they were before that. They almost didn't make the cut. Like, when they were localizing everything, there was, like, internal talk of, do we take Marth and Roy out of the international releases because they mm. don't know it? And then I think it ended up being too much work to make another version without them. So that's why we got them. And the whole thing we did, because Marth's great. I, I play him in almost every game, and Fire Emblem is great. And I wouldn't have discovered that without Smash. Yeah, yeah. the first the first game to come to the West, I think, was the game that Roy's the protagonist in. Uh, yeah, one of the Game Boy Advance games. In, like, 2003 uh, right? or something like that. So, like, two years after Melee came out. Yeah. So... Um, I didn't play those games, even though I had a Game Boy Advance and played it so much. Uh, I didn't play those. I've still only really played one Fire Emblem game. It was Three Houses. But like, it's my introduction to the series and a bunch of badass like sword fighting characters. And I'm not sure that I would have even played Three Houses if it weren't for the introduction in Smash Brothers. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, again, I main Marth and Brawl. I knew he was from Fire Emblem, but it took 11 years for me to actually play a Fire Emblem game for a lot of reasons. <laughs> it, it, it did start with Three Houses, and I I have nothing but good things to say about Three Houses. I mean, it's an incredible game. So consider yeah. me a fan of the series going forward because of Marth. So thank you to Marth for your service. Uh, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. Uh, yeah, Marth and Roy, I think that's sort of the quintessential, if you played Melee first, that's most likely if you play Fire Emblem now, how you discovered it. Because, uh, yeah, the first time they showed up and who's this dude with blue hair and a sword? Why is it not Link? And then to all of a sudden get that initial game, Fire Emblem, which I did play but did not own. That You're going to notice a lot of a theme with me. I didn't <laughs> own a lot of games that I played. Uh, but I wound up getting... Uh, Path of Radiance, which was the game that introduced Ike on the GameCube. And since then, I have kept my eye on every single Fire Emblem game that has come out, have not played all of them, uh, including the most recent one. But uh, Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn, Three Houses for sure. And the ones that I get into, I really get into. I beat them yeah. multiple times. I love those games. Can't Can't speak highly enough. Yeah, I feel like like every time I would go over to your apartment in like the afternoon in college, someone would be playing Fire Emblem in there. <laughs> Branch or I. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, so in uh, Roy and Marth's introduction in Smash Melee and their popularity, um, I think set off like a long and storied tradition now of every single game gets new Fire Emblem characters. Uh some people are sick of them. I'm, I mean, I don't really mind that now there's like 90 fucking other characters to play as. So it doesn't really bother me that there's like 18 Fire Emblem characters. They're all good though. And it consistently makes me curious about going back and playing the games that they starred in. 
Yeah, I think Awakening got three characters by itself, right? Because Awakening's like the game that saved the series. You've Robin, right. Lucina, and Krom. So even though Krom's isn't Krom technically Echo Fire? Yes, as is Lucina. So yeah, they're both Echoes, but I mean just the Awakening got three characters right there of, of I think the eight or nine that are in the game, so mm-hmm. probably probably a shout out to the game that saved the series as a tail does. Yeah, for sure. And that's a game that I have um, in the backlog when I'm ready for a long ass, you know, Fire Emblem (laughs) game. I've got Awakening on the 3DS ready to go. So uh, what are some other characters um, that we want to talk about? Characters, uh, games that we were introduced to because we first saw them in Smash Brothers. Okay, I am going to go, can I say not introduced, played because of Smash Brothers? Sure, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, growing up, like I mentioned, I didn't have a lot of video games. All of my friends had video games. And I think this is a little bit before Colby's time, but around Christmas time, department stores would mail you a magazine that just had pictures of toys that you could buy for Christmas. And I remember, (laughs) I was going to say, I don't even know if you've been to a Macy's, but (laughs) like department stores, I had this one magazine. It was like four years old and I saved it. I want to look at the Banjo-Kazooie toys because I thought that's really cool, but I didn't have a 64. I didn't play it. Eventually got rid of the magazine, ripped out that page, kept it under my bed so I can go back and look. Oh, look how cool Banjo and Kazooie are. (laughs) Then leading up to the announcement of them in Ultimate, there were rumors that they were going to come out. I was like, man, this would be great if they finally got into Ultimate. This would be my excuse to play it. So the day they got announced for it, I went to my neighbor. They lived on the first floor of the apartment. I was like, hey, can I borrow your 64 and your copy of Banjo-Kazooie? He's in Smash. It's a sign from the universe. I need to play this game now because five-year-old Mikey has been begging me for 20 years now. I I need to get this off the backlog. (laughs) So they were nice enough to lend me their 64 and lend me their copy of whatever games they had. And I played... That's also when I played Smash 64 for the first time because they lent me their copy of Smash and Banjo right after Banjo mm-hmm. got announced. I was like, great. Even though I've never played this game, I'm so happy he's finally in. Well, they, they're, they're finally in. There's two of them. <laughs> yeah, the, it's an underrated thing, I think, about Smash Brothers, especially nowadays. As um, one of you mentioned at the beginning of the show, like when a new character comes out, it's an event now. Like the announcements of the new characters and all like the the rumors about who's going to be coming up, like... I remember the rumors before Sora got announced, people were losing their fucking minds that Sora might get into Smash Brothers. And like, maybe nowadays more so than back then, it's like it's like a form of advertising to get your character into Smash Brothers. It's like a combination of advertising and prestige, like recognition that you're carrying. As long as the company that owns the rights to that character doesn't hate Nintendo, that recognition getting a character into Smash Brothers means a lot. So like all the hoops they had to get through to get Sora into Smash Brothers. I remember like people lost their minds when Cloud got into Smash Brothers for the first time. It's a really cool aspect. And that's a really cute story that you saved the magazine page under the bed with Banjo-Kazooie. That's so cute. I love it. Yeah, dude. Well done. In a way, I think, and then maybe this is being dramatic, but uh, Smash Bros, it's almost like if your character makes it in, it's it's sort of like a seal of quality. Like yeah. the, it's sort of the Hollywood walk of fame of who's who uh, of characters of the video game world. Yeah, and like we we started to branch out because originally it was just Nintendo characters, and then nowadays it is kind of a representation of again 
as long as there are not like rights issues to getting the character in, it is like a, a seal of recognition. Like Steve from Minecraft, like you want to represent all these characters from the video game world, you got to have someone from Minecraft. That's the best selling game ever, right? So got to be in there. Still hasn't gotten me to play Minecraft though. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're one of the, you're in the minority then, I think. I know. I'm one of like the five people that's never played Minecraft. There are five of us. Yeah. <laughs> Three of them on this podcast right now. Oh, Hell, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Colby. You're in the minority tonight. I, I guess, man. But proudly. I, but I love Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's good. I just never played. Um, yeah. What, uh, what other characters do we have that um, we got into because of Smash? This is where my Final Fantasy VII demon was born, if we want to get into that. Oh, hell yeah. Really? Let's get into that. So it was it was, it was, was the year of COVID. It was 2020. Uh, Jeff Keighley's talking to a bunch of like computer screens at the 2020 Game Awards when they show off the Sephiroth reveal for the first time. And admittedly, I had no idea who the fuck it was at all. But I, rec- and I hardly knew who Cloud was at that point. But I did know about the big spoiler. Because, like, the big spoiler in FF7 originals, like, I guess just, like, in the zeitgeist of if you pick up a video game controller, you know that happens. So, Dave, did you give the spoiler warning at the top of the episode? Can we talk about this? Yeah, uh, we're going to do full detailed story spoiler (laughs) breakdowns for every game that's ever been represented in the series tonight. The episode's going to be 19 hours long. I hope everyone's ready. (laughs) Listen, switch it up world. This is right in my alley. But yeah, (laughs) but yeah, I had no idea who Sephiroth was. But I remember thinking he's like, that's the coolest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. So Mm -hmm. I immediately went into Pandora's box of just Final Fantasy VII and consuming everything and anything about it for the next three years. And it's kind of just taken on a world of its own. But yeah, it started with Smash Brothers, that Smash reveal. I had no idea who he was. My co-host did, which looking back on it is probably a sin of mine that I didn't know who he was and he did. But yeah, that's where my love for that series started. That's where basically my Final Fantasy journey started was with that game. Played original seven about two months later for the first time. Loved it, and the rest is the rest is history, as many people know. Been playing seven remake ever since then, basically. Yeah, 140 hours on seven remake, 70 on the original, like 20 yeah. on Crisis Core, and <laughs> probably going to be a hundred more easily with um, Rebirth coming out. So yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that announcement trailer for Sephiroth because they had that iconic shot of him Killing spearing Mario, Mario which was. <laughs> wild that nintendo was like yeah we'll put that in a trailer mario getting impaled <laughs> well I, I think didn't a lot of people think it was um it was like a devil may cry character that's that, i think that was the big rumor going into it like i heard no one no one thought it was gonna be sephiroth so yeah i don't i don't remember i don't really that. pay much attention to the rumors but um i remember that shot for sure and it's to the point now where like we're kind of playing final fantasy 16 you know concurrently at the time of recording and it's like, if I have a Final Fantasy lore question, I'm asking Colby. Colby knows <laughs> Colby knows his shit. I try my best to. Yeah. Obviously, like, I knew about Sephiroth. I didn't play um, the original 7 to, like, 20, 2013 or something like that for the first time. But you you couldn't grow up when I grew up without knowing who Sephiroth was. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I, I missed that by a couple of years, <laughs> as, as Mikey's quick yeah. to point out. <laughs> <laughs> point out my youth yeah well it's good because like 
I don't know, like I, one of the things that I thought about when we were getting ready to uh, to talk about this is like, oh yeah, Colby's a lot younger than the rest of us. That means when Colby got into Smash, there were so many more characters that you would theoretically be introduced to via Smash Brothers. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, hypoth- I was like seven, so I can make the case that like all 39 characters from Brawl were my first like introductions to video games. Like, wow, that right. guy with the, where's that guy with the red hat from? He looks cool. Exactly. But, so... <laughs> I, <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, so yeah, this really opened up a gateway for, and I didn't, I wouldn't get into video games like I am now until much later. But looking back on it, like, yeah, like Smash Bros. really opened up the the floodgates for a lot of these characters and a lot of these series that I now spend copious amounts of time and money in. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, I think the conversation title is great, but mo- the most recent victim is is Sephiroth in Smash Brothers. I mean, it was yeah. It was such a cool reveal and it's taken over my life ever since. Oh yeah. Um, Jim, how about you? Why don't you give us one? So I'll go uh, very new school. This is going to be all the way to Ultimate's uh, first DLC character. Um, The Game Awards, I was on, it was in school, so I was on a rotation somewhere down in southern Indiana and um, all of a sudden it was the Game Awards uh, Smash Ultimate had just dropped. Maybe we were going to get our first DLC character. And they did that big Joker reveal and they made such a big mm-hmm. de- Like they shut down the lights. They, you know, acted as though he kind of hacked his way into taking over the Game Awards. Um, and so I remember like watching the whole trailer and being like, I have no idea who this is. And so there was sort of zero interest in him because it wasn't someone like Banjo-Kazooie. It wasn't someone like, you know, Master Chief or Steve, um, (laughs) which was kind of what I was expecting. And so uh, he came out. He was an interesting enough character. And it got me interested in, well, what is this series that he's from? And I started looking up and uh, never having been a PlayStation kid throughout my life. Uh, this whole Persona series, it's like, oh, wow, there have been five of these, and I have no idea even what's going on here. And all of them, at least from three on, if anyone has played more of these, please correct me, are, like, critically lauded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Five especially, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, five, and how many more times have they released, you know, like Final Fantasy VII, oh, here's another version of the game, here's a remake of it, here's a uh, side game that you can play like it's been not done to death because the the fan base is there but um that first persona 5 game uh just blew me away uh it the from the music to the gameplay i mean here's this pokemon style game where the object of battle is down the enemy before you even have a chance to get hit And Mm -hmm. I loved it from start to finish. You know, I sunk however many 90 hours into it that it takes to go up and beat God and have just loved it ever since. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I I think so. I was going to play Persona 5 because it was one of those like when I got a PlayStation 4, I looked up top 10 PS4 games and Persona 5s on all every single one of those lists ever been written. So I was going to play it, but I think Joker getting into Smash was like that. Oh yeah, remember that game? He's in Smash now. It must be good. So go ahead and check that out for sure. And yeah, Persona 5 rocks. And from what I can hear, 
Um, Persona 3 and 4 are both really good. 3 might feel a little bit old, and they can't seem to figure out how to release like the right version of Persona 3 from what we hear. But, you know, I'm definitely interested in going back in the series for sure. And Joker's fun in Smash uh, as well. I think they did a good job of kind of translating those powers. Um, And the flashy effects, one of the coolest things about Persona 5 is like the UI and the the effects that happen when you do your attacks. And Smash has always done a good job of translating those things into the the games too. Yeah, his final Smash is incredible. (laughs) Um, I'm going to take us all the way back to the uh, N64 Smash for a thing, a game that I think is um, a story that I think is going to be really common among people who played Smash 64 and then Melee and, of course, then on. But really, what we said about Fire Emblem, characters that are in Smash, but the games are not available in the U.S., is sort of true for Ness and Lucas. Ness was in the original Smash 64, and... Of course, Earthbound was released in the U.S., but it's really rare. It's really expensive. I think it was rare even back then. Uh, None of my friends who had Super Nintendos had Earthbound. No one talked about it. Uh, So it was kind of like a secret thing. And when Ness showed up in uh, Smash 64 and then Lucas in Melee, um, and they can be some of the most annoying and memorable characters in Smash with the PK Fires and the... um, the (laughs) The uh, what's the recovery move trying to bash you with the lightning and all of that thunder yeah. really made me curious about that. So um, I did actually go on to play Earthbound and part of my interest in it was because I'd been playing as those characters for like 20 years by the time I actually played Earthbound, which was just in 2020 or something like that. Was Lucas in Melee? I thought he was in yeah. Brawl. Oh, he was, was in it Melee. Brawl? He might have been. I think he was introduced in Brawl first. I know Ness for sure was in first iterations of the game but right i remember lucas from the subspace emissary because he ness pushes him out of the way of the big gun that wario shoots and turns ness into a trophy and you have to play as lucas for the majority of the missions and i think he ends up teaming up with oh god samus and pikachu maybe i don't know but yeah i earthbound is just it's just hard to play i guess like it's not available really any of the stuff that i have and I'm not really down to drop like $50 on a Nintendo online membership to mm-hmm. learn it. So, I mean, cool characters for sure. Annoying um, for the reasons you gave with their yeah. attack styles. Like whenever <laughs> I'm playing random computers and Ness and Lucas come, I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to tee off on these guys. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's a good pick because I, I definitely characters I met through Smash Brothers, but wouldn't have thought to because I've never played their games. I wouldn't have thought to put them on. Yeah, and I have um I have played Mother 3, which Lucas is the the protagonist of Mother 3. I've played half of that game twice. Bef- um it's just really hard. I was playing on touchscreen emulators on my phone and the combat in Mother 3 does not work with a touchscreen. Just doesn't work. There's like a rhythm aspect to it. Is that the game they can't get in the West for some reason? Is that yeah, still in like Japan? Nintendo refuses to uh localize it for the US. So you can play it on emulators. There's a fan translation, but it's one of those like it's almost like Hollow Knight Silk Song, like that type of meme, except it's been going on for twenty years. Where people are like, when the fuck are we gonna get Mother Three? But it's still funny, which is all that matters. Yeah. So yeah, Ness and Lucas. Um, any of y'all play Earthbound? Down the list. 
I think it's re- on my remastered Super Nintendo, and I played it for maybe literally 14 minutes. <laughs> It'd be kind of kind of tough to go back to. It it does feel old, but it's a good game. It's got a lot of um, like an undeniable charm to it. I think. And a, a subject of an episode of Tales from the Backlog with Keith from the main quest. I was going to say, similar to that, how... So, you get into Smash Bros. There's Mario, there's Link. They're coming out with new games. Joker's a new character. Uh, Minecraft Steve is a new character. But along with Ness and Lucas, I think an interesting aspect, maybe not to us, but I think the newer kids jumping into it, Captain Falcon from F-Zero, at this yeah. point, is more a Smash Bros. rep than an F-Zero rep. Mm-hmm. I think the last F-Zero game was for the GameCube and just like at this point, he's just like he's a Smash character and like people know him. No Falcon Punch. That's like such a big thing. Just like you can find yeah. memes about Falcon punching. No one knows what the fucking F-Zero is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I played F-Zero. I had it. It's one of my favorite N64 games. Like, I love that game. And you're right. Captain Falcon's been in Smash longer than Captain Falcon had the F-Zero series. <laughs> that's that's for damn sure. Like he's like now he's like that. You can never take him out of a game. Like if a Smash game came out in fifty years, he'd be in it. Yeah, Captain Falcon's an iconic Smash character for the yeah Falcon Kick and Falcon ah. Punch. Yeah, he's just cool. He's a bro. He's got the all gold suit and ultimate looking decked out. <laughs> oh, yeah, and those abs. Oh yeah, he he is my inspiration for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So I have I have the whole roster right here pulled up, and I'm looking at it, and there's a bunch of oddball characters that I then got into because of Smash. Like, have any of you played the Ice Climbers game for the original Nintendo? Wasn't it literally called Ice Climber? It, it was, was, called, yeah. It was, yeah, just Ice Climber. It's just, like, a platform game where you have to, like, get to the very top, and you have to, like, sometimes there's, like, an icicle, and you have to break it and then jump up in that spot, and sometimes there's, like, creatures that you have to avoid. It's kind of like... Like an old school, like the first Donkey Kong, where you just have to progress yeah. up the top. and It's very much an arcade game. Yeah. And the only reason I've ever played it was because I really like the Ice Climbers and Smash. I'm like, it's only one game. It's for the old Nintendo. I think I emulated it on the Wii when I was in college. I just hooked it up. I was playing it on like a GameCube controller. Just like, okay, cool. I'm glad I, I didn't finish it. But I was like, I'm glad I got to play and see where this pair came from. Just because like, oh, they're cool in Smash. Okay, this is a very like of its time platforming game, but I'm I'm glad it's cool that I played it. Same, Mikey. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They were in Brawl, but they didn't make it in the four, right? And that was a big deal. Yes, and that's also the reason why they split up Zelda and Sheik into two separate characters. Because for four, because it came out on the Wii U and the 3DS, um, the 3DS was not strong enough to have both characters doing that. And Interesting. it wasn't strong enough to process Zelda changing into Sheik, which is why mm. they separated them. And Sakurai, the, the the head developer, didn't want to have different rosters for the two games because they're technically the same, same game. game on two separate platforms. So he scrapped the Ice Climbers because the DS couldn't handle it. And he made Zelda and Sheik distinct characters because the DS couldn't handle it. That, God, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for like, all right, who are we cutting? Who's not yeah. making it? <laughs> I remember I had the same experience uh, as you obviously first experienced the Ice Climbers in Smash. And then I did try out the game a little bit and I played for a little bit and I was like, okay, I get it. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really having a ton of fun with this game, but I get it. It's cool to see. 
I also just remember like when the ice climbers first came out, everyone around me's initial reaction was like, who the fuck are these? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is an ice climber? And then you play with them. Someone beats your ass with the ice climbers once. You're like, oh, they are really good. Like they hit really hard if you're good with them. Well, you kill the one and the other's still on the stage. Like what the fuck did they get rid of you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're like cockroaches. <laughs> Honestly, they keep coming back. There's a, there, there's an argument in, in the competitive scene in Super Smash Brothers Melee specifically. Uh, there's what's called the wobbling, where if the two, if you have both of them and they grab you, and you hit repeatedly tap A to the introduction of breaking the habit by Lincoln Park, <laughs> they take turns hitting you and you can't break out. You're stuck there. It's an infinite grab. Oh no! And that's, <laughs> yeah, and it was legal for years, and then they had to kick it out, and then it was legal again. And I think they recently banned that that like infinite grab about two years ago. But like wobbling was like a very like major thing when playing. I could just grab any one of you, and you're dead. That's it. You can't. You can't unless I mess up. You're not getting out of that grab. Hell yeah! Okay, so everyone remember infinite grab in Smash Brothers Melee to the uh, to the beat of Breaking, Breaking the, habit the Habit by Lincoln Park, <laughs> and then when you get in a fight. Because your friend tries to kill you and you have to do CPR, staying alive by the Bee Gees to that beat. Just remember those two songs. I remember specifically their stage where the big, the polar bears like in the swimsuit and the sunglasses and the, uh. when it comes down and, it come, and the glacier comes down the mountain and the giant fish eats you at the bottom. I remember that part about their stage. So yeah, that too is in Smash Brothers lore at this point. Ooh, the ice climbers. Good That's pull. A good, one. good pull. That's a good one. Uh, Jim, why don't you give us another? I'm going to go uh, back with this one way far. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I did have a Game Gear and then a Game Boy, but Nintendo 64 was my true first TV at home console. Mm. And uh, no Metroid games came out for that. Yep. So all of a sudden, uh, the first Smash drops, and there's this character in orange power armor who is shooting guns out of, you know, at. Everyone at that point that had played the, the original games knew that Samus was a female. I didn't. Right. So all of a sudden, there's this tall character shooting guns out of what I find out is her hand. And it just was so intriguing uh, that when the GameCube dropped and Metroid Prime came out, mm -hmm. uh, it was a day one buy for me. And uh, there was a little bit of... Uh, being a, a Nintendo boy growing up, that was our shooter. Um, obviously, you had uh, GoldenEye and and the James Bond games uh, like Nightfire at that point. But, um, you know, all these other like uh, consoles had had Halo and 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 all these other games that were coming out. And so it was like, OK, this is our shooter. And uh, so from that point on. Uh, Metroid Prime 1, 2, 3, I was hooked. And it was interesting because later on, you find out that there's an entire genre named after, like, <laughs> Samus's game is Metroidvania. And it was like, oh, mm -hmm. I had no idea. So you want to talk about kind of gateway drugs. Um, <laughs> it, it opened up this entire, you know, room that I didn't realize that I had space for in my, my mental mansion. Uh, all the way to the point where uh, you and I wound up doing the Hollow Knight episode, which is yeah. a Metroidvania. Mm -hmm. So it all starts there with that Smash 64 
who's this tall orange character that can, that can charge up shots and fire them across the stage. Yeah. Um, I actually want to read one of our community submissions right now because it's, um, it, it plays into this in particular. Um, so soccer, who's a patron of the show. Thank you. Soccer. Um, soccer writes in a quirk in my gaming history is that the very first Nintendo game I ever got into was super smash brothers melee. Melee was sort of my roadmap for getting to know Nintendo games as I perceived these characters to be the big names. Smash brought me to Zelda, Kirby, and Earthbound because when I went looking for new games to play, those were the names I knew. And Soccer makes a really good point because Smash 64 only had 12 characters and I knew half, a little bit more than half of them um, from games that I had played. You know, Link... Pikachu, Mario, Donkey Kong, characters like that. But the other characters, I knew that they were important somehow because they were in that game. And then coupled with the fact that Samus was like one of the coolest characters, like had the coolest moves back then, Um, you know, the charge beam, the grapple beam, rolling up into bombs. Samus's stage in the original Smash Brothers game was like just super memorable and like a real shit show sometimes. So... I had the same experience as you. I didn't go to the GameCube though. I went to the Game Boy Advance and got Metroid Fusion like pretty soon after that came out. And so like I've played I think all of the 2D Metroid games at this point and it all started with Samus being a badass in Super Smash Brothers for sure. I just picked up my first Metroid game which is Prime Remastered for the yeah. Switch. Did you and get into that? I haven't yet. Uh I've been a little busy playing two other big games that came out right, recently yeah. <laughs> but uh zero suit samus is on my list and i'm just gonna leave it at that because it speaks for itself yeah it's <laughs> badass as well uh another character that i want to bring up um kind of because of like an entrance that they made um is shulk from xenoblade chronicles uh, another game that was like maybe you'd heard like rumblings of like there's this cool japanese game that like we don't have here yet And my introduction to Shulk and Xenoblade was when Shulk went into Smash for the Wii U, because again, I had that game. And the thing I actually remember more than Shulk himself is the the level, the Gar Plains level with those two cliffs. It's a giant level and you had this badass music in the background. And I think like me and Jim just like geeked out over that song together uh, when we were hanging out. And just be like, what the fuck is this game? We have to play this. So introduction to Xenoblade Chronicles, I went on to play all three games. And it is like directly because of the entrance that Shulk made. And of course, Shulk fighting with the Monado and stuff in the game is cool. Uh, In Smash is cool. But the introduction to the series was Smash. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, jump on real quick. I think you and I probably got into xenoblade chronicles together around the same time but you're Mm -hmm. right that that stage uh metal face flying in but uh (laughs) i think you brought up the the real point there which was you and i uh i mean just to just to plug our our youth together we were we were in a band together and so we would just talk music all the time and when you would have songs that were just so guitar heavy in a smash game I think it was sort of like, well, I have to play this game. Yeah, and I'll add in there too. Uh, Shulk was my first introduction to the series as well. And shortly 
shortly after I was playing through Ultimate, I ended up just on a whim, remember seeing Definitive Edition of the first one for Switch come out. And I'm like, I'm just going to get that and give it a shot. And that game's incredible. I, three is one of my favorite games of all time, and I'm currently working through two. So probably pound for pound, like probably one of the best trilogies like ever made as far as a video game goes. So yeah, nothing but nothing but high praise for that entire Xenoblade Chronicles series. Yeah, and again, Colby and I did an episode of the show about Xenoblade Chronicles Three, um, a game that just has like a wild fucking story. Like if you, <laughs> I played Xenoblade Chronicles One and thought the story was wild. Just wait till you play Three. <laughs> I, um i've never played any of the xenoblade chronicles they're they're not really my speed they're like mm-hmm. f- from my understanding they're really large in-depth jrpgs that take you like 80 hours to beat yes not not my thing i like i like the pick up and go aspect of smash bros where like mm-hmm. live 20 minutes before work i'll jump online play two matches and then i'm done but when chulk first came out it was my first experience with the game i looked into it i remember I think the first game was for the Wii, maybe the Wii U, and I looked it up and I thought, for the Wii. "Yep." Thought, "Holy fuck, this is breathtaking!" That I didn't, I never played it. I just watched it. It looks gorgeous. I was surprised, like the Wii was able to do that. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. And it was also on the 3DS, which it, it looked a little bit less impressive on the 3DS. But the fact that the game works on a 3DS was impressive for sure. That is pretty cool. What? That's insane. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, for those who haven't played a Xenoblade game, not only are they long, but they are large. The levels that you're running through are huge. Tons of enemies out on the field. Yeah. Combat's not that fast either. The game does everything in its power to make it 80 hours long. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not an exaggeration. 80 hours, minimum. Um, Yeah, what else we got? I want to give a shout out. Okay, so this is a game... That, that I grew up with that not a lot of people did. And in the reverse, I'm happy that people are discovering it through Smash. Sure. Yeah. Um, so like, like I mentioned, I didn't have any consoles as a kid. I was in the closet one time and I saw an old Sega Genesis box up on the top shelf. And I asked my dad, hey, do you have a Sega Genesis? He's like, no, no, no. I used to. I sold it. Um it's a box filled with like paperwork. I'm like, okay. And you know, I was like a kid, so I believed it. And then when I was a little bit older, I'm like, <laughs> I'm calling bullshit. So I, I go up, I go in the closet one day when he's not there. I take out the Sega Genesis. It turns out not only does he have a Sega Genesis, he has three shopping bags worth of the original Nintendo, Nintendo games and like, like NES, like equipment. I'm like, what the fuck, dad? You've been holding out on me. And uh, <laughs> He played both sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then when I was a little bit older, I was allowed to take out the video games over like Christmas break or like Easter break, like when we had a few days off from school. And I loved the Nintendo. I loved having uh, Gyromite and Duck Hunt because they Mm -hmm. had the attachments. So I had the original Rob where it would hook up. It would look at the TV and based on color flashing, the arms would pick up a spinner. There was like a motorized spinner would pick up a top and put it on either a red button or a blue button. So you could do a two player game, just you and this robotic operating buddy. And I thought that was cool. (laughs) And then he was my go-to character in Mario Kart DS because he was in that. I love Rob. He's so cool. And everybody's like, what the hell is this robot? Just like, what game is he in? I'm like, no, no, no. He's not in a game. He's paraphernalia that you have to buy for a game. And I think that's <laughs> great that people learn it through that. As well as Duck Hunt. 
I yeah. loved playing Duck Hunt. I, I love the little, the, the clacky sound the gun makes when you play. I think it's probably the game I'm best at. Like, if, if aliens <laughs> came, to, came to Earth and they're like, we're going to blow up the whole planet unless you beat us in a game of your choice, I'm probably going Duck Hunt. I'm like, okay. I, f- I feel very confident in that game. And then they'd fly and, away because uh, they wouldn't even play. <laughs> <laughs> and I was losing my mind when Duck Hunt Dog got announced for Smash 4. And everyone was like, who cares? It's Duck Hunt Dog. I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. It's Duck Hunt Dog. <laughs> I played Duck Hunt um, over at friends' houses. Like, I didn't have an NES, but a lot of my friends did. And you're right. Like, when you go over and they're like, let's play some video games. And you're like, okay, what do you, whoa, what is that gun? What game yeah. is that for? Right. <laughs> so we played a lot of duck hunt over at friends houses. Um, so that I, I was not introduced via smash brothers, but I was like, oh, that's cool. That, and also like that dog's an asshole. I bet he's an yeah. asshole in the game Ducks too, in smash <laughs> also. For sure. Um, Sakurai considers them the first triple character. Because you are the dog, the duck, and you are the person aiming the gun. Because when you mm. do your smashes, the oh. the thing can pops up. It's obviously not like the ice climbers, but right, it's funny, interesting, That's really cool. Sakurai would make the case for there being like 150 characters in Smash Ultimate, and, and <laughs> probably he'd probably like be and a, he'd probably be right. Yeah, from a programmer's perspective, I'm sure that there are like. There's the other characters like the Pokemon trainer that is basically three characters. Um, yeah. Pyramith is another one. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Of, uh, I'll, I'll throw one more in there. And again, I'll do Mikey's favorite thing and really show my age here. Um, sure. <laughs> starting with brawl, just, I don't think any character stands out more in that game than snake does. Uh, he's literally throwing right. grenades at like Mario, Donkey Kong, Pikachu, right. and like shooting them with <laughs> rocket launchers. And I, he was my dad's favorite character, which really? is kind of funny. Cool. Yeah. Cause I, I'm like, I'm like, dad, look, Marth, he's so cool. And he's just like, no, like this guy who has a literal rifle and is like shooting these guys. <laughs> like why, how doesn't he win every match? But yeah, snake from metal gear solid. However many of them there are. And however, however many of them count as Canon at this point, uh, he, that's, that's where I learned of his existence just because of how much he really stood out. Because, like, the only two, like, the two big characters that were revealed for that game were Snake and Sonic. Like, and you could not have two more polar opposites at the end of the spectrum for a Smash game. Right. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I oh. never played Metal Gear back in the day. Like, I had a PlayStation back then, but I, I didn't play Metal Gear Solid. So Snake wa- Snake in Smash was the first time I ever, like, quote, played as Snake, you know. Um, and it is funny because you have... Uh, you have like Pikachu and then in like the newer games, like, like you've got like the, the animal crossing villager and snake is like planting mortars and shit, like fighting against this little kid. It's really good. And I played metal gear solid. I enjoyed it. I'm going to continue that series on the podcast when I, um, when I have time to play metal gear solid too. But like you, my first introduction to actually like playing as snake and seeing what snake can do in smash. Mikey, that's another one that didn't make it in before, right? Okay, so yeah, Snake didn't make it in four and was back for five. I think it's because of a rights thing. Because around the time of four, it's when oh, is that when Kojima split from um, Konami? Konami? Yeah, so that's why they had the falling out, and then that's why in Ultimate he has a different icon. So you know, like next to their little like the health, they have the little icon of like their the logo of the game they're from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it went from being the 
Kojima logo, like the little weird wolfy shapey thing, to the exclamation point of, ah! Just like that happens in the game, and that's supposedly some weird Kojima thing. But I, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. I've, I've never played a Metal Gear game, but I was first exposed to it also with Brawl. And like Sonic, uh, the two of them were the first guest characters, um, Kojima and I forget who it was for Sonic. I forget who, who invented Sonic or one of them. When Melee was in production, they both asked Sakurai, like, hey, my kid loves your game. Can you include Snake? Can you include Sonic in Melee? He goes, dude, I'm so sorry. Melee is like three days from the shelves. I can't do it in this. I'll hit you <laughs> up for Brawl. Um, so they were in talks to do Sonic first. Something fell through, and Sega was like, uh-uh, not going to happen. Then they started working on Snake, and then Sega was like, okay, we take it back. You can put Sonic back in. So then they had to like rush and go back and finish Sonic. Uh, at the start of the episode, you talked about having the events, like the big reveals. And like now that the Nintendo World Store in, in Manhattan is there, people go to like watch the Nintendo Directs there and you always have the live reactions. But I remember very distinctly in the, eight, in the days of Brawl, because of the Japanese time, it would update like midnight their time, middle of the night for us. I would get up for school. I'm in sixth grade, I think. Get up for school like six, seven in the morning. Go to the Brawl website, check to see if there's an update. We didn't have Nintendo Directs back then. We just, you had to go to Brawl.com. Listen, I go, didn't have them back then either, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, here's a new stage. Here's a new item. Here's a new character. And it was the talk of the whole school. You go to school that day and everyone's like, motherfucker, did you see, did you see Sonic on that screen? Did you, did you check www.brawl.com? <laughs> Sonic's there. Did you see Snake? Did you see Lucario? So it was oh, much more than like a global event where like people were getting together to watch these type of reveals. Mm -hmm. It was much more centralized where it's like it was still an event, but like in your tiny ecosystem of your friend group or or the school system or your neighborhood, everyone was just like watching it individually and they would conjoin to talk about them. And it's like, forget about that. But I think that's such a fun aspect of like Smash history of just like being a kid and everyone finding it individually and then coming together to talk about whatever was revealed that day on the website. It's funny you mentioned that that's talks fell through and say, and he wasn't originally going to be in Brawl. And then they're probably, they probably released Sonic 06 and we're like, oh fuck, like he need, we need to <laughs> put him in, we need to get him some credibility back. Let's go put him in Smash Brothers. Yeah. We need help. Smash Brothers. Yeah. Public relations rehabilitation. <laughs> Literally. Sure. It's, it's funny that you 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 did mention Snake because that's the last character on my list. Uh, okay, he was here. He was introduced first, yeah, before Sonic, uh, like to the world. Uh, it's the video where he's they're showing it off, and and all of a sudden you've got this visor like through. Well, it will winds up be being he's in the cardboard box watching everyone else fight, and he like throws it off, and all of a sudden there's just like a man with a beard and like you're like wait a sec mario's got a big head and a big nose and you know all these other characters are sort of cartoony in their aspect who's this who's this guy yeah and uh <laughs> i had no idea that there was this this scope of history behind him so uh guns of the patriots released in 2008 which was the fourth metal gear solid game and uh brawl released in 2008 so uh that would 
this is other than Samus, this is probably, you know, the first time that I played the game and was like, well, like, okay, I guess Fire Emblem. But then I was like, I got to go back and figure out who this guy is. Why, why did he make it into Smash Brothers when Mario gets to fight Sonic? Because that was like, you know, the rivalry of the 90s, basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of a sudden, I, I was able to get, a, get my hands on uh, the remake, Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes. And then uh, we had a buddy in college. Shout out to AJ, wherever he is. Hell yeah. Who lent, What's up, AJ? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> who lent me Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and 4. And I'm pretty sure I missed class in college because i was playing <laughs> those three games uh had a great time uh dave whenever you get around to it uh metal gear solid 3 is just chef's kiss oh yeah um and those games i mean that's one of those things where you start to find out kojima is this mad scientist where you can drop porno magazines <laughs> on the ground to distract guards and mm-hmm. like all these <laughs> things where you're like none of this makes sense you know you can, I'm not going to spoil Metal Gear Solid 3, but like, you know, in, in one, okay, now this character's reading off my memory card, and oh, yeah. if I want to beat this boss, I can literally just not play the game for a year, and, <laughs> and it will beat the boss for me. Like, wild. Absolutely yeah. wild. Wonderful games. Can't say enough for them. Great game series. Yeah, I, I will continue with the Metal Gear series. Um, yeah, like I said, when I've got time to go and play two, uh, as long as I don't play Metal Gear Rising again, because I can't stop playing that game. I guess if we're getting to the end of our list here, I've got a couple of just real quick, like honorable mentions. Um, when Bayonetta was announced, I remember seeing like the announcement for Bayonetta and reading about it and being like, that looks really fucking stupid. I'm never playing that. And then Bayonetta got into Smash Brothers in the Wii U game and Bayonetta kicks ass to no surprise to anyone who's ever played Bayonetta. She kicks ass. So when I got a Switch, I started to look at Switch games and people like, oh, yeah, Bayonetta, that game's good. And I remember I was like, oh, yeah, she's the best in Smash. So, yeah, I'll play that. And so now I've played all three Bayonetta games. Um, I love two of them, (laughs) but Bayonetta (laughs) is still a kick ass character. And then the other one is Pit from the Kid Icarus series, which I have not played yet, but will be coming up in the near future on the show uh, because I have been playing as Pit in Smash Brothers for a long time now. Uh, So I I almost feel like I know what the game is about. Of course, I don't. It's going to be a big uh, thing when I actually start playing Kid Icarus Uprising, but that'll be coming up on the show, uh, quote, soon. You know, you know how it goes <laughs> within the next two years. Yeah. So, yeah, just some honorable mentions there. Um, another thing I just want to give a quick shout out to is Smash Brothers helped give a little bit of extra character to characters that like maybe you played a game they were in, but they didn't do a whole lot like Peach or Fox, who, uh, you know, Star Fox 64 takes like 45 minutes to beat. You don't get a lot of like characterization for Fox. So putting Fox in Smash, putting Peach in Smash, putting Zelda in Smash, Zelda in Ocarina of Time is not the same like kind of badass Zelda that is in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Zelda didn't do a whole lot in Ocarina of Time. 
and in um, you know, a link to the past and stuff, Zelda doesn't do much. So showing Zelda as like this capable kick-ass fighter was also really cool. Before we move yeah. on from, from this point, I'm glad you brought this up. Uh Captain Falcon, whole game yeah, series. He's same kind of thing. like in Racing his car game. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody know where his moveset comes from? I don't. A peregrine falcon. <laughs> Close. Okay, so a um, little bit of a development history of Smash. Uh, Sakurai, big into fighting games. It was just, he was part of the arcade culture. Uh, that's why Terry made it in as a character in Ultimate um, Fatal Fury and King of Fighters, one of his favorite fighting games of all time. He was at the arcade, and he was playing, and there's like a line of people behind him, winner stays on, and he supposedly <laughs> molly whops this guy in front of his girlfriend, just like completely embarrasses him. Oh my him. god, this is the best story <laughs> and, ever. And it was at that interaction, he was like, fighting games are too difficult. He wanted to make a game that had a low floor, like a low skill floor, so anybody can jump in and play mm-hmm. high skill seeing ceiling. So, like, there, if you practice, you can get really, really good, but it's still entry level. Like you were saying earlier in the episode, Dave, A does smash attacks, B does special moves, boom, you know how to play everyone. Yep. Um, so, he originally pitched the game... Um, I believe it was called Dragon King, the fighting tournament. And because it was for the 64, the tech demo was just polygons beating each other up. And the background was just a picture of like an actual picture of like mountains in Japan. And <laughs> he pitched it to Nintendo and Nintendo was like, eh, maybe not really for us. We're not really in the fighting game thing. So Sakurai goes, OK, fuck it. I'm going to throw in Mario, Pikachu and Donkey Kong in this. And then maybe if they see it with this skin, they're like, oh, maybe it is more Nintendo. So he kind of just like did that on his own. And the Captain Falcon moveset is the leftover moveset of the original uh, Dragon King, the fighting tournament characters. Like, like their moveset and their polygon is what Captain Falcon was based on. So that's like a carryover from the very original prototype of the game. That's really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that's super cool. I was going to guess that there was like, lore about captain falcon in the f-zero manual from the super <laughs> nintendo or something like that but yeah that's cool and then they used that exact same move set when it was time to make ganondorf So I think it's a good time to get into our community submissions and then wrap up this episode. Um, I already read the submission from Soccer, so I will go ahead and read the next one from Moon, who is a patron of the show. Thank you, Moon. Moon has a YouTube channel showcasing action games on the highest difficulty uh, called Triple S Moon. Uh, So check that out for action games. Moon says, I first discovered Metroid via Super Smash Bros. on Nintendo 64. Only a couple years later, Metroid Fusion came out, and I learned that Metroid was a girl who couldn't crawl. (laughs) (laughs) They make things more complicated. Um, Jim, can you take Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon? Yeah, so Stormageddon, uh, patron and uh, host of uh, Fun and Games, Reginite? Reignite. Reignite, sorry. (laughs) And uh, Screen Snark Podcasts. 
uh, says, while I have yet to beat it, playing as Ness and Lucas made me very interested in the Mother series. I played a little of Earthbound Begins and quite a bit of Earthbound. Also, 100% of my falling in love with Claude, uh, in he's so dreamy, and Fire Emblem Three Houses is because of characters like Roy and Marth piquing my curiosity. I still have yet to play the classic Fire Emblems that feature those characters, but they are on my never-ending backlog. Absolutely. And props to Matt for trying Earthbound Begins. That game looks rough. The first mother game. But yeah, I think Fire Emblem was the the genesis of this conversation, I think. Because there's just so many people that are like, yeah, Fire Emblem. I remember playing as Roy and Marth, and then eventually I played one of the games because Roy and Marth are so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, Colby, can you take Aaron? Yeah, Aaron from the Superpod Saga says, in Smash Bros. Melee, you can get trophies for different characters from Custom Robo. The one most people remember is Ray MK2, or something like that. As a kid, I thought that Nintendo game where you played as robots sounds, sounded, all caps, tight. Did <laughs> loads of research, and there was only one game in that series that came to America, and it so happened to be on GameCube. Went to the round store later that week, found the game, played, and I've been in love with Custom Robo ever since. Yeah, this is a good point. Um, So I mentioned the assist trophies and the trophies and all of that stuff earlier uh, in the intro for the games, but bunch more, the characters that like didn't make the cut for the main roster often got in via trophies or later assist trophies where they come in and fuck up everybody's shit in the middle of a battle. And I'm really glad that Aaron wrote in with a character from a trophy because I looked, especially on Melee, I spent probably too much time just looking through the trophy gallery at all of those things, reading the descriptions. And I'm never going to play like the game with the big yellow thing, like something, the giant it's called Yoshin, the giant or something like that. I'm never going to play that game, but I will remember it because it was in smash brothers. While we're on the topic of trophies, I'm glad he brought that up because we haven't talked about trophies at all. Right. But, um, a little trivia fact. There's two trophies from rare games uh there's a proximity bomb that i think is from goldeneye then there's some gun from perfect dark but when they were developing when they were developing melee um rare was working with nintendo at the time they were almost finished with it Microsoft bought them, so they no longer had the rights to James Bond and Banjo. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Perfect Dark. So they had they kept the models and everything, but had to change the name of the game they were from and change <laughs> the graphics. Like take a logo off, so it's like non copyright infringing. But they were supposed to be from a GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. Yeah, <laughs> legally non actionable proximity. Mod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the trophy. <laughs> uh, watch out! We got the close bomb in this game. Yeah. And uh, Mikey, can you take the next one? Yes. Uh, this next one is from Cypher003, host of the Bottom of the Smash Mountain podcast. Um, his answer is, answer is actually Link. I thought he was really cool in Smash 64. And after that, played my first Zelda game, which was Ocarina of Time. Hell yeah. What Woo-hoo. a time. Uh, trying to imagine getting introduced. Like, what if your introduction to Pokemon was playing Pikachu in Smash Brothers? And then... Oh going on and playing Pokemon or fucking Mario or something like that. 
you never think about that because like Link is such like a well-known character, but d- depending how old you are, if you get a 64 in the first game you have is Smash. Just like that's yeah. how you introduction to everyone. Yeah, which is I mean that's what um what Soccer was talking about earlier. Soccer said their introduction to Kirby was through Smash Brothers, which I actually I can't remember if I played Smash first or the Crystal Shards first, but that was my introduction to Kirby too. Was around that time on the 64. Um, we've got one more write in. Uh, this is from Alex from Big Drink Energy. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Alex says I've never discovered an entire series because of Smash, and I played some Fire Emblem games before this. But Shadow Dragon is one of my favorite Fire Emblem games now. Thank you, Marth. And I assume that means that Marth is the protagonist in Shadow Dragon. Yep. Yeah. So hell yeah. I mean, I know that when I was looking for older Smash Brothers or older Fire Emblem games to try, I never beat any of them. I definitely looked for one that starred Marth or Roy. And I ended up playing um, Sacred Stones, the one with Roy. Mm -hmm. I think that's the one. I could be wrong. Go ahead and correct me. People correcting me counts as engagement, and I need uh, engagement. <laughs> I was gonna say he's from either Binding Blade or Blazing Blade. He's one of those. From one of those two. Okay, one of them's a prequel. Gotcha. The one's a prequel, and the other has Roy in it. So I. Yeah, one one's his father. It's like Elliewood. Yeah, that's oh, okay. who could say. Oh, okay, who, who could say which is which? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, and if you're listening, tweet the corrections uh, at the Tales of the Backlog Twitter. There's no such thing as bad press. All, all of those clicks, all of that engagement, <laughs> boost the algorithm, baby. Yeah, honestly. exactly. <laughs> algorithm animals, double A's. Uh, Dave, if if you don't, because I said I put this in the 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 script, so I submitted a question at the end, and in the spirit of yeah, if we could. Uh, you know, get into an entire game series because of a character. And if this is a Hollywood walk of fame, if you will, uh, what characters would you guys add to Smash to introduce people to this uh, uh, said game series? That's a good question. That is a good question. And it's almost like inducting a character into like the video game Hall of Fame in a way, right? Or like, Mm -hmm. so you want this thing to happen too. You want some kid to pick up smash ultimate and find this character and be like this is badass what game are they from and then go go on that journey so yeah. let's see give me a second if anyone has one go ahead while i think i'll go first because i'm the yeah. one that submitted this so this wouldn't right. be fair if i didn't go first <laughs> so um i am going to preface this um banjo kazooie was already brought up i wanted them in the game for like 20 years and when they finally got in, I had shortness of breath for like five days in a <laughs> row. Uh, so once they made it, and and I think they were done so well in the game, by the way, which, I mean, every character that is added into Smash, Sakurai does such a great job of capturing the essence of who that character is. Yeah. So now that Banjo-Kazooie has made it in, my personal pick just because I feel like the the series I would I would like it to live on would be uh, Master Chief, and I know that I that seems like it is such a probably cliche answer, but those those first few Halo games and the um, I mean we've talked about what soundtracks can do, but the uh, um, I'm trying to think of a good word here, but like the specific kind of 
you know, monastic chant that is brought with that Halo title screen, uh, I feel like is something that needs to be sealed uh, in gold in this series. So that that would be my pick. It needs to be playing while your friend picks you up as Donkey Kong and runs off the edge of the stage with you. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. As Pikachu down bees you into oblivion. For sure. Are you surprised he didn't make it into ultimate? Uh, No, because I feel like if you were, I feel like Banjo-Kazooie edged him out as the Microsoft. And And it was a, a, yes. And it was a little bit of like the bear and the bird were coming home. Yeah, definitely. Um, Roy was in Fire Emblem, uh, the Binding Blade. So you guys were right; I was wrong. Uh, still, go ahead and tweet at me. Help me out with that algorithm. Al, <laughs> <Ow>, baby. <laughs> at this point, you've already tweeted your correction. Uh, tweet a second time. Boost that algo, baby. That's and true. say, yeah. I'm sorry. I I didn't realize it was going to come up later in the podcast. Don't exactly. don't don't thread them don't thread them together. Make it two separate tweets, please. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I I will say I was a little surprised we didn't get a me gunner costume for Master Chief. It seemed like a lot of times ago. Here is this new character coming out, and here's free ninety nine cent me costume Shout that you can use Gino. from the same developer. Mm-hmm. Master Chief, like me gunner, perfect. That could have worked. You have. Altair from like um, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed. You have a Cuphead in there, which is cool. Ooh. But like, yeah, Master Chief, me Gunner, done. That's all I needed. Well, they then they would have had to get music too, and that probably was an issue. Yeah, yeah, true. So I didn't know Cuphead is in Smash in some capacity. Yeah, the song Floral. Okay. I think the bait, like the traditional like Floral Fury songs, in there as well as his me costume. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and say it then. I would like Cuphead as a playable character. Cuphead rules. And the other one is um, Shovel Knight, which there were rumors that Shovel Knight would (laughs) be in Smash. Mikey's got the amiibo. Um, I think Shovel Knight would be super fun to play as in Smash. Um, Cuphead as well. So those would be my two answers for like playable characters, not uh, assist trophies or me fighters or something like that. Give them the full shine. One I thought for sure, like one I thought for sure was going to get in for the longest time was Alucard from Catalonia. I thought he was yeah. going to get in, but I think that the lack of relevancy with that series currently and Sephiroth basically killed that because Sephiroth, they, they would be two very similar characters and not just appearance but play style as well. So, but I think mm-hmm. it'd be cool to have another Castlevania rep. I'd like to see that series get revived in some capacity. I think the Netflix show did a great job of making it relevant again. Yeah, that would, oh man, it hurts to hear someone say Castlevania is not relevant and me go, yeah, probably right. Not super relevant. Um, they're not really, they're just releasing the old games uh, three at a time. So we're going to get the Castlevania DS pack sometime in a couple of years, probably. But yeah, fucking Konami, make more Castlevania games. What are you doing? Get out of the pachinko halls, make a Castlevania. <laughs> they're making game. NFTs, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so my answer, I, I had a compound answer, and both of it was already taken. Okay. Andrew Kazooie was my most wanted character since Brawl because of that cutout. I'm like, this is, if I yeah. can't have the Banjo Kazooie game, I want him in Smash to play. Did you two so, get shortness of breath when he got announced? I, <laughs> so I, I'll try and talk with Alex, my co-host who I used to work with. He, I think he recorded because because the Nintendo Direct came out while we were at work, and I think he recorded my reaction 
as Banjo Kazooie was announced, and just like he goes back and watches it sometimes because I like I jump out of my seat. I'm so excited. I'll, I'll see if I can get a copy of that. But <laughs> <laughs> so I needed to find a new most wanted character because Banjo Kazooie is now in there, and my pick was going to be Shovel Knight. Uh, right, same as Dave. Um, that's why I picked up the the amiibo. I love Shovel Knight. That's why I was on the Tales from the Backlog episode about Shovel Knight. Um, mm-hmm. I think he would fit really well. He is in a, uh, as an assist trophy. And if you haven't seen it, there is a clip of the Shovel Knight development team playing Ultimate with items on, just spamming these characters trying to get Shovel Knight. Oh, I have goosebumps talking about this. I love this clip. Spamming uh, assist trophies, trying to get Shovel Knight to come out. And, like, they're they're fighting someone online, and Shovel Knight comes out, and they all lose their shit because they're babies in the game. And yeah. then Shovel Knight kills the opponent and wins the game for them, and they go ballistic. They go nuts. And I I love the clip just because it shows how much, like, love Smash Bros. It's just like a, a love letter to the whole gaming community. It's like, I'm excited that other people are excited for it. Um, but seeing as how that was already... I'm going to go Sly Cooper for no other reason than just I really like Sly Cooper. Hell yeah. I've never oh, yeah. played a Sly Cooper game. Uh, they're they're fun. I, I wouldn't say they're great, but they're, they're fun. They're just like, I don't know, they're silly. I like the spy aspect of it. Yes, yeah, so it's like a like from the era of like mascot yeah, very platformer much so. type games, right? Yeah. It was like uh, Sly Cooper came out at the same time as Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank, and they were like right. the... Sony was like in between uh, mascots at the time, and they were just like circling between all three of them um, until I think they just dropped all three of those series. But like at the time, Sly Cooper, super cool. I actually have a mod of Super Smash Brothers Melee where if you select Fox wearing the blue jacket, it's Sly Cooper. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, this has been awesome. It's been exactly what I wanted. Uh, from this discussion, I thought this is a really cool aspect of Super Smash Brothers that like gets brought up here and there, but I wanted to give a whole episode to um to talk about it. So uh, and I wanted a chance to talk about Super Smash Brothers on the show, uh, even though I don't really play all that often anymore. Uh, I do still love the series. I'll always love the series. So thank you all for coming on. I, this has been awesome. Thank you for Thanks having, for having us. me. Well, the honor's mine. And thank you so um. Much. Want to give you guys the uh, the time at the end of the episode again, uh, Colby? Where can people find Switch It Up or find you online if they want to hear uh, what you have to say? Oh God, no! Uh, you can find Switch It Up on Twitter, Twitter, and anywhere you find your podcast, whether that be Spotify, anywhere Apple, <laughs> anywhere anywhere you can download Twitter, iOS, Android, you can find us there. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find Switch It Up podcast. Um, any. And all listens are appreciated. So thank you guys very much. Of course. And Mikey. Um, my podcasts are dumb. Don't listen to them. If you're going to listen to a podcast, l- listen to Tales from the Backlog because that, that's good quality. I will say, <laughs> though, you can find me on Twitter or Discord at Mikey Tabletop. Same on both of them. Reach out to me and I will help you find your local Smash scene. I implore you, go to a Smash tournament. Go have fun, meet friends, go out there, be social, be active, be part of the community. I'll, I'll help you find it. I'll help you like figure out what you need to do to get in the competitive scene. Hit me up. I want you to go play Smash like in real life. It, it's great. Just be part of the community. All right. Uh, so I will put links down in the show notes to uh, everybody's social media and uh, podcast. Jim, no social media still, right? 
Uh, yeah, you can find me in Dayton, Ohio. Don't come. Yeah. See me <laughs> That's awesome. Good, uh, good man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So uh, four tales from the backlog of the usual plugs at the end. If you've enjoyed the show, uh, it would be very helpful if you would go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a rating and review. That is awesome. Um, There is the Discord server that everyone involved in this podcast is a member of, and I appreciate everyone who uh, joins the server. We have a lovely community. We would love to have you. There's a link down in the show notes. And down in the show notes, you will also find a link for the Patreon And if you would like to support monetarily, that is the place to do it. Patreon.com slash Real Dave Jackson. All patrons get access to polls for upcoming games on the show, bonus episodes, and more. So with that being said, I want to thank uh, Mikey, Colby, and Jim one more time for joining on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Tune in next week for the next game to come out of the backlog. (laughs) 